0: welcome to an encouraging word from pastor elliot warren from cross-culture church in houston texas well today um i really feel I'd, i need to speak about the situation in afghanistan and um uh, what's going on there uh particularly with uh, people, the, the pain and what believers are going through there right now. Um, but as you all know, it's been such a a really painful week this week. I mean, it's been, it's been a very difficult week in a, in a lot of ways pertaining to Afghanistan and, and what's happened there. Um, you know, of course, you know, our, our military pulled out of there and, uh, when they pulled out, um, The Afghani army was not uh, sufficient to withstand the Taliban attacks. And the Taliban had been very prepared for this day. Um, And beyond that, you know, of course, we pulled out and we still have citizens left there. Uh, They don't even know how many citizens are there. Um, I'm not sure how all that works, but. Uh, there's, there's a range of like between 10,000 and 40,000. They said it's even possible that it can be more than that. But that's just pretty phenomenal to think that you have thousands and thousands of citizens stuck somewhere because we pulled out. I mean, it's like just mind boggling. Um, you know, there's a fear that many of these Americans that are left there will either be killed or they'll become Hostages, and many fear that the crisis is not going to get better. It's actually going to get much worse than what we see right now. I mean, imagine um, a terrorist group holding thousands and thousands of people hostage uh, for their demands. Um, we we left them two thousand armored vehicles. Excuse me, armed vehicles and armored. <laughs> And 40 aircraft. I mean, it's just, it's one of these things you go, how in the world did this happen? It's just the most crazy thing. And, um, you know, I saw this woman from Afghanistan crying out, um, you know, knowing, I guess, that she was on the camera. I'm not sure whether she knew or not, actually, but it's like she was speaking to um, those responsible and, you know, to America and and saying, you know, what, what just happened, it doesn't just embolden. The Taliban. It doesn't just affect Afghanistan. Uh, you've changed the whole world with what just happened, and I, I I certainly don't doubt that. It's no no doubt the whole world just changed, and the Middle East just changed. Um, and you know what's really amazing is as you're watching this whole thing transpire, you're going, "Wow, America is not." what it used to be. Something has changed. Our place has changed. Our honor has changed. Our strength has changed. It's it's as if we're watching America begin to fall right before our very eyes. You know, a lot of people have said, you know, this is evidence that God's grace has been pulled away from America because we have rejected him. You know, and for sure, for sure, there's no question whatsoever in my mind that god is the only answer to this situation there is no way that things are going to turn around and start going in a right direction unless god gets involved it's going to take a work of god for this nation and for things the way they're beginning to to transpire in our nation and in the world to go in the right direction and you know you 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 know you have to think about things and go well if this has been allowed uh, because we're not going in the right direction. If the grace of God has been pulled off of our nation, which, again, can you not see there's a difference? You'd have to be blind to not recognize there's something vastly different right now in our nation and, and in what's going on. I mean, it's like stuff none of us have ever seen before. And, um, you know, if this is the result of God pulling his grace Uh, because uh, we've turned away from God and the church world is still more concerned about the material things of life than they are the spiritual things of life. How far are we going to have to go down? How much more is going to have to happen before people will wake up and turn around? I saw a little uh, something that was put up by a pastor friend of mine. He says he said something like this. You know, in Afghanistan, the church there says, We're going to come together and worship. We may die for it, but we're going to come together and worship. And then it says in America, it says we're going to come together and worship. And then in parentheses, it says unless there's a birthday party or a game or and then it listed a whole bunch of things. And I thought that is so true. Church and Christian life is such an afterthought here. It's the, it's the parenthesis of life. Oh, yes, these other things are what's important, but God's on the side. You go to some place where Christians are serving the Lord, like in Afghanistan, and that's everything to them. They're laying down not just their ball game to be together or to serve the Lord. They're laying down, they're putting their lives on the line. I mean, what a, what a vast difference you see there. But anyway, in Afghanistan right now, Christians are in immediate and grave danger. You know, and Af- Afghani Christians in particular, you've probably heard this, but right now, even as we're speaking, uh, the, the Taliban, they're going door to door and they are executing Christians. This is part of the, their, the philosophy of, of Islam that they that they get and you know they need to eradicate that from the Middle East and from their lands. So they're they're executing whole families. you know this just it's just heartbreaking what's happening And as I you know I hear from people that like these missionaries that are still getting some information from over there, it's just it's really heartbreaking and it's not just for the Christians, um, you know it, it's also for, um, translators, people who translated for the Americans that were there, people that served the Americans and helped us that are still there, doctors, translators, they're being executed. You know, I saw one guy there, you know, you probably have seen this where he's being executed and there's this mass grave right there that, where they're throwing the people. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's crazy what's happening right now. You, and, you know, people are like, well, You know, and that's bad enough. I mean, I don't know if you can say anything's worse than that. But there's a lot of other things. I mean, you look at what's happened with women in the last years—how much they have advanced there. And um, right now, these the Taliban members are taking out young women from homes and taking them just for themselves for their own possessions. I mean, it's it's just it's hard to believe. That a nation—it's—it's sort of like they're over the nation now, and it's hard to believe that this can can happen anywhere. Um, but this is what's going on. They've said that they're going to respect um, these women with with all the rights of Islamic law. And first of all, let me ask you: Do you believe uh, what a terrorist would tell you? That's the most crazy thing ever. Oh, these terrorists—they—they said they're going to be nice. I mean, it's sort of like who are who do they? I mean, are they talking to third graders? If you think that's true, I mean, you need to just wake up, just wake up anyway. You know, Okay, so even under their law, under their laws, uh, it's not a sin to rape a non-Muslim woman. That's not even a sin. That's not even something wrong. Um, I remember a few years ago in Sweden, they were so surprised that certain Muslims were raping the Swedish women there, and uh, they would tell them as they're raping them that this is not a sin. Uh, th- what I'm doing is not wrong. And of course, they were sort of surprised, but these were those that were dedicated to that form of that religion. So, you know, the penalty for painting your fingernails, if you're a woman, you paint your fingernails. Uh, the penalty for that is getting a finger cut off. And you know, if you steal something, you're found to have stolen anything whatsoever. Your hand is cut off for anybody. As a woman, if you don't wear a burqa outside, which is this clothing that all you can see is just this right here. That's all that, that you can see. If you wear anything less than that, you can be severely beaten because no man can see anything more than just this right here. So guess what? That means you can't go see a male doctor because... He can't operate on you. He can't help you if you're having a baby, right? So guess who the doctors are. So, so let me back up here. All the doctors are men there. Guess why? Because women can't become doctors or they won't be doctors under this Islamic law, right? And so women under these, they always suffer. And there's a high rate of dying from whatever they might be going through because essentially they can't go see a doctor. It's just one of the most crazy things. Women there are not allowed to get an education. Think about that. An education is wrong. You can't go get an education. Now, you remember they said, we're going to be nice. We're going to be nice. It was three months ago. Is that a long time? No, three months ago, this Taliban, this Taliban group um, raided a school, a school with children. Think about this. This is grown men attacking school, age, children, and who are they attacking in the school? The girls, because girls ought not to be in school. They killed 85. That was three months ago. Think about things like that. Is that not ridiculous? Is that not just crazy? I mean, um, it's just it's a crazy world, It's a crazy world. Now when I think about this kind of situation and the fact that there are Christians there just sitting, waiting, uh, you know, for somebody to knock on their door. And and I think about how easy we have it, what we focus on, what Christians focus on, how we're always just wanting to be excited about something and, you know, just, you know, it's all about the thrill of this and that, you you know, and how comfortable we are in our pleasures, you know. And I'm going, oh, God, I want to be able to do something. And I think anybody with a conscience, you're a Christian, you see what's going on, you think, I want to be able to do something. And it looks like we can't do very much, doesn't it? I mean, really, what can we do? So I want to just share, first of all, there is something we we can do, and we should do it the way God says to do it. And the first thing is to pray. First of all, pray, because God is in control of all the earth. If we will pray. If we will, we will turn to God, God can do something great there. Now, I believe we do need to pray because there's, there's a big picture at, at stake here. and Maybe it's us needing to turn to God that's going to change things. But, but let me just say right here, we need to be praying for them. And I believe in praying for them that our hearts are going to change too. I believe as we begin to unite with them and their burdens that we are going to change. Hebrews 13, 3 says this, Remember those in prison as if you're in them, and those who are mistreated as if you were suffering with them. Now, as you're praying, we have to be able to empathize with them. So God says here, He wants you to be as if you're one of them. In other words, He's saying if you want to take this scripture and superimpose it on the situation... He's saying, I want you to pray for them and I want it to be like you're actually there with them feeling their pain, right? Now, I know that a lot of people would say, we shouldn't do this. You just be bold and yes, and I believe in that. But you see, there's something about Bearing the burden of someone else's pain. We can't be there with them and give them a hug or anything. But spiritually and before God, we can bear their pain and we can pray for them more powerfully when we feel their pain. That's just the way this works. And I don't know of any other way to do that than to put yourself in their place. And when I go to pray for them, I do that. I'll go and I put myself in their place. I will think about sitting in a house where I know they're going door to door. I know there's a high chance that if breakthrough doesn't come for me, I'm going to be executed. And my wife and my children, they're going to be shot maybe in front of me if I'm the last one that they shoot. I mean, the, I mean you just imagine the pressure of what they're going through. Maybe some of them hear the gunshots next door. And they wonder, am I next? I mean, put yourself in that place where you go, it's because I'm serving the Lord. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny my faith. I'm not going to not deny Christ. And here I am. I mean, when you pray, the best thing you can do, I would say, is to start out this way. You've got to connect with their pain. Now, you can't do this all day long. But if you want to pray effectively, you should go every day to prayer. And for some period of time, whether that's a few minutes or 30 minutes or what, you need to bear the burden of these people. You need to be there, just like Paul said, as if you were suffering with them. You see, bear that and pray, pray with all your heart as if it was you. Now, what are we going to pray for? I'll mention a few things. Um, First of all, for protection and deliverance. God, we pray you protect them. God, help them. God, shield them. Make it where they walk right by them. They'll miss their door somehow. Uh, God, just protect them. We need to be praying for that. Just like what happened with Moses, remember somehow Moses made it through. And I believe God can do something there where if we'll ask, I believe God will hear our prayers and there will be many deliverances. There'll be people that will hear their testimonies later and they'll tell us they were killing people and somehow they walked right by me. Somehow they walked right by my family as if they didn't see us. We need to pray for these people. We need to pray for deliverance. We need to pray that the power of torment and fear be broken off of them. I heard a missionary speak that is in Afghanistan a lot. He's not there right now, but he's there a lot, and he's in contact with people in Afghanistan daily now. And and this is like the number one prayer request. The fear that they are experiencing is tormenting. It's making them miserable, I mean, and he's praying, pray that God, he says, pray that God deliver them from their fears and from that torment and beyond that, that God would give them courage. Do y'all remember the story in Elijah, this of Elijah, one of the greatest men in the word of God, this man was, I mean, a powerful prophet and fear came to him. A word came from Jezebel, Put fear in his heart. He got so miserable. Here's this great prophet who hears from God. Says, God, it's, I'm, it's terrible. I'm miserable. Take me. I'm tired of living. Right? So fear brings torment and misery. And we need to pray that they'd have strength and courage in the very midst of their fear. You remember Stephen? Stephen? In the New Testament, Stephen, they're, they're being these people are being uh, persecuted terribly and they're getting ready to stone Stephen and something comes upon him and there's no fear there and Stephen begins to, begins to share God's word with these people in a mighty way, speaking boldly. And then it says, they took up stones, they began to stone him, they were killing him and as Stephen's dying... He looks up to heaven and Jesus appears to him. And Jesus is standing. That Again, that so touches my heart because the Bible always pictures Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And here he is when Stephen is living for the Lord, not afraid to die, not backing up out of fear whatsoever, not backing up in what he ought to be saying whatsoever. And he's, get, he gets, he's killed for it. And Jesus stands. He's sitting with the, at the right hand of the Father. He stands at Stephen's sacrifice. Man, what a, an honor. What an honor that Stephen had that day, that Jesus Christ would applaud him, so to speak. So they're asking, pray that the fear be broken. Pray we have courage to walk this out and to not back up. I mean, that that even the request for that prayer is so touching to me. They're praying, God, give us grace to walk this through and to not falter. Give us grace to be honorable. Give us grace to do what we ought to, to do and not be afraid. And then, we, of course, we're praying for the efforts to, you know, through the evacuation. God, help us have ideas. Help Help other people that are there that are helping them, that are, Risking their lives to to get some of these people hidden or to to get them out of the country. You know, this is the kind of thing we need to be praying for in, in this wisdom. And lastly, on the prayer area here, we need to pray that God save people out of the Taliban. I believe that if God saved Paul, who is a terrorist of sorts, what was he doing? He was going out striking terror in the hearts of all the Christians. They knew he was going to come get them, put them in prison, and that then what was he going to to do? Murder even a lot of them. Stephen was killed, the, the guy I talked about earlier, and Paul was right there as a part of it. So we need to pray that the people from the Taliban themselves will be visited by God and that they will be saved. I want to believe God for that. And this is what they're praying for and believing as well. It's just amazing. You know, I do believe on one side there's justice and that's what we have has to be worked toward. And yet there's the God side that can say, yes, but God can reach the Taliban. And I would just say this. Christianity will not be eradicated there. Christianity will not be eradicated in Afghanistan because the seed of the martyrs, excuse me, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. That's a, a saying from years ago. And it's true. Whenever people give their lives for the gospel, their blood cries out from the earth. There is a testimony coming to God from them, and God sees and God hears, and God does something great. And we are believing God for all the sacrifices that have been already made. God sees that, and God's going to respond, and God's going to act, and we need to believe God to pour out His Spirit and do something miraculous there, and let God lead you in prayers. As I was praying the other day, I remember, it's just, I mean, we're praying for deliverance, but as we speak, people are being killed. I mean, you have to think about that, and I remember before I even heard this prayer request that they were asking, that was just coming to me. I was just, I was seeing people right then, you know, their homes being broken into, and they're, they're sitting there, and and I was just praying, and it was I was my heart just going out to these people thinking, "God, these people need grace and comfort. God do something that no man could do for them. Let the grace and the comfort of God be with them in a mighty and amazing way. Be more real to them than you, they've ever experienced before. That's what I've been believing God for. Now, I want to go into the second thing that you can do which I think that we all should do, and this is we ought to all be inspired by these Afghani Christians and by others in the Middle East that have, have been serving God like this. As you consider their lives, you consider their suffering, you consider what they've been through, how they've laid down their lives for God, how they don't care about the things of this world. You know, my heart is as we see these things it would impact us. And rather than make us go, oh no, what might happen if I serve God wholeheartedly? I pray it would make every one of us go, if they're willing to lay down their lives like that, in that situation, how much more should I be willing to let go of the little things of this life to be able to serve God in my situation? How much more should I be willing to give 100% and not be willing to lose whatever little something I might lose here, whether it's a material thing or whatever. How much more should I be radical? May you be inspired by people that are laying down everything to do the same. And it is not even going to cost you that nearly what it cost them. And yet we have trouble here giving it all to God. May you see this just like I have, and may you be inspired just like I am to say, God, I want to go even fuller into the things of God. Lord, please, may I not be the hindering part. You know, you know there's, a, there's, a, there's one side of scriptures where it talks about rewards. The one who's been faithful gets this. The one who's been faithful is going to be rewarded. But there's another scripture that says, no matter what you've done, on the other hand, you're all, all of us are going to have to say, Lord, I'm just an unprofitable servant. What does it mean by that? You, can't, you can do less than what you ought to do in life, but it's impossible to do more, if that makes sense to you. So my, my whole point is, let's pray. Let's press into the Lord. Let's press into a new place of fire and fervency. This fire needs to be ignited in this nation. This is the problem with this nation. And I will tell you something. I believe this is ultimately why all this kind of stuff is happening. It's because the fire has gone out in much of the church in America. And we are not the influence in America as we should have been. It's just like the salt that's it, lost its flavor. What does the Bible says happens to that? It gets tossed out and it's trampled underfoot by men. That is exactly what's happened in this nation. And it's time for the church to get on fire. It's time for the church to live for something more than just our, our temporal prosperity and our temporal blessings. Thank God he likes to bless us. But God never said live for those things. He said, follow me. Do what I say. And I will take care of all of that. Praise God. May God help us get out of our current mindsets. May God help us get out of this funk that's on the church today. We don't even see where we are. And I put myself as part of that. I want to see more clearly than I do now. I want to have more fire in my heart. I want to have more of a radical nature to my Christianity. I don't mean acting crazy. I'm just talking about being absolutely committed to Christ, no matter what that costs, no matter what that, where that takes me. I want to be like that. I hope you're like that today. Anyway, Philippians 1 14 says this, because of my chains, this is Paul speaking, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without any fear. Wow. Here's Paul. The Christians are there. They've been sort of fearful. Oh, what might happen? What might happen? And then here goes Paul, boldly, going where he's going, not afraid of anything. And they watch that. Rather than go, oh, look what happened to Paul. Look what happened to Paul. No, they look. They watch Paul, and God speaks to them through that. And they go, rather than run away, they say, I'm going to preach without any fear. I've just got to do it. You know how I've been, we've been afraid? Da, da, da. I just don't care anymore. Wow. They observed Paul. They observed somebody on fire for God. And they go, I want to be that way too. This missionary, I heard speak recently. He works in Afghanistan and Iran. And uh, the last time he was, I believe it was the last time he was in Afghanistan. Um, maybe it wasn't the last time, but it's actually, it was January of this year. He was put in Uh, jail, which was the third time he'd been put in jail in Afghanistan. He was put in a cell in 17 degrees weather outside. Uh, He was left there to die. And a Muslim man who is a staunch Muslim of the, the nature, of the same nature of the kind of people that put him in there, he actually was the guy who got him out, which is really bizarre. Why did this strong... Muslim, radical Muslim guy do this. He did this because he happened to know a little boy, a young boy, that that minister had prayed for. And the boy had gotten a supernatural miracle. His leg was healed. The man was so impressed by it, he knew that this was the man that had prayed for that boy that he knew, and he got him out of jail. That's the only reason why the man is alive today. That's just amazing, isn't it? And this missionary boldly walks around (laughs) in Afghanistan with a T-shirt on that says, Jesus is God. And I'm just going, man. The guy, he was asked, did you stop wearing that shirt? After you went to jail, he goes, no, I still wear that shirt. When I'm walk- when I'm in Afghanistan, it says, Jesus is God on the shirt. And I'm just going, whoa, that's amazing. But something that he said that is so true, he said, if you want to have miracles and see miracles in the, the greatest degree, you have to step out. You have to risk. He said, I heard one day somebody say faith is spelled R-I-S-K, something like that, right? Faith is risk. And he said, when you risk and you step out of the boat and you risk yourself and you risk your life, you risk things, all of a sudden you begin, you're going to see God begin to show up in a new and dynamic way for you and what you're doing. Anyway, I was watching this guy. I was hearing him share all that he's done, his sacrifices, how he lives his life. His, the radical nature of, of who he is. He's an American guy going over there. He gets thrown in jail three times. The last time to die. And, bef- you know, he gets rescued sometime, uh, you know, before that happened, obviously. And he's ready to go back. So full of faith, so full of love for these people. And, man, when, I, when I'm seeing him, I'm just thinking, I wish, I wish that, this kind of minister could be the face of ministry in America. I wish somehow this would be the kind of minister that we would look up to in America. We look up to the cool guy, the pop guy, the witty guy, the one that's got all the hip stuff happening. And I tell you, when you see, and I'm not saying that those guys are not of the Lord. I'm just saying, why are we impressed by that aspect of things? Man, I'm, when you see something like this, it makes all this American stuff or an aspect of it look so trite and so small and so childish and self-centered. Man, I'm going, God, if we could only begin to see things like this. I believe we see these other things. That, I mean it makes it makes Christianity look like, hey, this is the coolest thing you could ever be a part of. Come on, right? But over there, no. You sign up for Christianity. You're, you're signing, hey, I mean, it's it's like almost signing your life away from any of these people. It's really crazy. But I tell you, I I, I may God. Give us more examples, even in this nation, of people living on the edge for God that are willing to step out and do things they ought to do for the Lord. And they're not afraid anymore. And they're willing to be bold. And I'm not talking about being obnoxious and saying things in a way you ought not to or being unloving. I'm just talking about, God, please push us out of where we are in our comfort zones You know, honestly, sometimes we're so used to this, and personally, I don't even realize sometimes I'm in a comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? I believe what God probably thinks should be normal. Even with my mindset and trying to press into that, it might seem so far away from what I would even think God wants. So my prayer is, God, push us into that. Push me into that. Help me to be that person you want me to be. Help me to live that way you want me to live. Help me, God so that I will live in a way that pleases you to the fullest, to the fullest. Like I said, you can't do more than what God's asked you to do. It's impossible, but we can live fully the life that God's called us to live. And I want to call all of you today. Press into that. Press into that. Ask God to help you to go forward into this kind of life and mindset. As this guy was sharing, he started talking about work he's doing in Iran, too. Iran. ran... Uh, by the way, it's dangerous to be a Christian in Iran. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but in Afghanistan, uh, that is the second most dangerous place to be a Christian. And that was before the Taliban took over. Think about that. The only, the only place more dangerous was is North Korea. But I'm guessing, as of right now, the most dangerous place to be a Christian is Afghanistan. Okay, so... This guy's talking about his work in Iran. It's dangerous to be a Christian there too, but guess what? Did you know Iran is the, the fastest uh, the, the church is growing the fastest in Iran of, of any other place? There's, it's the fastest growing church in the world, percent-wise. It's just growing. Ten percent of people in Iran are Muslim, are Christians. That's pretty phenomenal. And how fast that's happening is phenomenal, but it's still dangerous. This this minister was speaking, and he said, um, "If if I had, if you give me what to work with in Iran, give me women." She, he said they they're like one woman is worth like ten men in Iran because of how bold they are. And he he was asked, "Wait a minute." Isn't it hard to be a woman in Iran? Why is it that the women are so bold in Iran? And he, he said, the reason is they've lost everything. They, they have been raped. They've been abused. Um, they have been put down. They're not allowed so many things to, that they can do. He says, they have nothing. And they have come in and they're like, they're willing to do whatever for God. And they're so thankful. He said, they consider, he says, you know what you consider prosperity in America is one picture. He said to them, when they get martyred, they consider that prosperity. It's a blessing and an honor to them to be martyred. They don't even see it like we do. That's the life that they live. They live on the line every day. And he said, you know what? They're, they've been so broken. They've had so much happen and Christ has become everything to them and all this stuff doesn't mean anything to them anymore. They're dead to all of that. And he says, because of that, they are so radical. They see things happen all the time for God. And he's like, these women, it's the women where the women are the most depressed that are actually doing the amazing work and bringing such transformation there. I think, I think that's, That's just so phenomenal. But looking at all of these church situations there versus here made me think about what it says in the Revelation. Jesus is talking about the church in Smyrna, and he goes, listen to this. He tells this church that was in tribulation, he, he says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. Don't fear what you're about to suffer man, do y'all get that? you see what I mean, think about that. And, and you notice he says, "Don't fear what you're about to suffer." Man, what a what a striking resemblance to what these people are going through right now. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. looks like you don't have very much, but let me tell you something. you are rich. Wow, let me just say this. these people... Yes, they're in pain, suffering, just like here, but these people are rich. These people are rich. And then there's another church where he goes, you think you are wealthy and prosperous, but you're wretched, poor, blind, naked, and you don't even know it. This is the exact opposite of what's going on in the other place. In one place, you know, you look like you're poor and have nothing, but you're so rich, you just don't know it. you don't you, you don't see what I see. And then the other side he's going, you guys have everything. you think you're so wealthy, but I you don't see what I see. you don't know how poor you are. And I can't help but think this applies at some level to where we are because we are so happy when we have stuff. We are so happy and I'm I love material blessings too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them, but we can't run after them that way. And we have to be able somehow to follow God and be willing to lay that all down at any time. Not just that, but even if our our lives, our popularity, our friends, whatever might happen. I mean, these people have lost everything for, for the gospel. So last, I, I just want to end, end here or come to this last section here with a question, you know, for you, what if severe troubles come to this nation? What if this isn't the end of everything? What if this is just the beginning of more and more troubles? You know, a lot of people think there's going to be a lot of different other, other troubles come from this situation and others. You probably you might have heard. I mean, I saw where there now there's a there's a terrorist alert attack, you know, and it's, it's from now through November something. You know, you go, really? I mean, um, but it's not just that. If God's hand has been removed, if we're in a season of something happening until until we turn, I'm just asking you, are you ready? Is your trust in God? Are you looking to eternal things? Uh, or are you just looking to preserve your life and where you are? I, I seriously don't believe the chaos is over. I don't know if for those of you that uh, are part of our church on Zoom and maybe some of you on Facebook. Um, I mentioned a while back I was in um, I was in prayer. I don't remember if it was October or November, but it wasn't like a chaotic time. I remember that and I remember three times having this impression after a year and a half um, things are going to clear up after a year and a half things are going to clear up and I'm going what things and what are you talking about I and so I started thinking about it and I'm going does that mean something bad's getting ready to happen there's going to be a lot of chaos (laughs) you know I didn't know and I'm like does that mean a year and a half from now and it was near the end of the year you know two or three months and I'm going or a year and a half from the beginning I didn't know all of that but I had the sensing there's going to be some things happen and we're not even going to understand why they happen. you know a lot of people are trying to figure out why did this happen? why was that decision made? I mean people can't even figure that out I mean it's just, I mean it doesn't make any sense but um, I remember thinking it's going whatever's going to happen it's going to be clear after about a year and a half and then I remember uh, there was another prophetic dream that someone had. I sent it out. This man had had this prophetic dream, and he saw the whole coronavirus happen. I mean, and it was way before all of that. I mean, it, he shared it also with others. It was so clear and exactly what happened with the coronavirus. And then he had, he had this other dramatic dream about some things happening in this nation. And I shared it with a lot of our prayer team. And then it didn't seem like it happened. And then uh, I was thinking about it just like this past week. And I'm going, wow. Wow, maybe that dream did happen, but it's actually symbolic. I won't get into the whole dream. But one thing he said over and over that the Lord kept telling him in the dream for this season was brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself for what's coming. Now, a lot of, A lot of Christians don't like to hear that kind of thing. Hey, that's not a faith word. That's a fear word. But I think brace yourself just means get in faith. Brace yourself doesn't necessarily mean, you know, go buy a gun and, you know, you might need to go do something. I mean, I'm not saying don't be rational about getting food supplies or whatever. But brace yourself from God. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, you know what? Shore up your faith. Make sure you're standing on the rock. Don't put your trust in the things of this life. Be firm in God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I believe that's where we need to be right now. We need to shake ourselves off of this lethargy that we've been in. We need to shake ourselves off of this Christianity that we've been in. And we need to start having a kingdom vision. Let me just say your kingdom vision needs to be bigger than your personal vision for little something you might do. And your personal vision needs to fit into God's kingdom vision because you've been bought with a price. And there's so much on God's heart for this world. And he cannot reach the world unless he reaches it through the light that's here, which is us. We are the light, he says. He says, while I'm here, I'm the light. And then he tells them, you're the light. Now you're the light. I'm going to shine through you. God wants to shine through you. I, I just want to encourage you today. First of all, let me just reiterate, pray. Pray for these people. Take them to heart. Think about their lives and pray in that attitude. And secondly, go beyond that to a place where your, your life and your perspective is changing. And be inspired by others that are laying it all down to live for God. Be inspired and let them be the ones that you want to emulate and that that you want to be like. They're just, just people that will inspire you. May your life change. And I just pray. I just can't see this. I just, I mean, step back, be honest, look around. Do you see things going in the right direction? Do you see turnaround? It's just, it seems clear as day. There's, there'll have to be an event or a revival or something happen. And um, don't just be waiting for somebody else. We need to do it, each one of us. Don't think that some other church is the problem, some other Christian is the problem. Where are you with God? How is your life for God? And you know what? If you just have the heart and you just start praying and saying, God, I want to go there. Lord, I don't even know how to go there. I don't even know how to live that kind of Christian life. I don't even know how to pray like that. God help me. God will. But don't let go of that until God's brought the transformation. But I guarantee you, that heart, that prayer is on God's heart. He'll honor it and He'll answer it. Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, today for you being God over all of our lives. And Lord, we do just... We do bring up these people before you today, God, and all of their pain and all they're going through. Lord, we do identify with them today. Lord, we realize the horrors of of the pressure of what they're going through. And Lord, we're praying for the grace of God to raise them up over that pressure, over the fear, over the feelings that have come upon them. And God, we pray that you give them amazing victory in the middle of where they are right now. That they fear not. Just like you told that church in Smyrna, you're going to go through tribulation, and but don't even be afraid. Don't even be afraid. God, make it like that for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Oh, God, come and visit them today. Lord, touch their lives today. Strengthen them today. Come in them today, Lord God, and give them peace and comfort that passes natural understanding in this situation. God, we ask this, Lord, we pray for deliverance. Lord, we're praying for open doors. We pray that you'd get them out of there. Get these people out of there. Get the the ones who are in danger out of there. And God, we we just ask you this, Lord. We bring this before you. Lord, hide them, protect them, do what needs to get done. But Lord, we're praying for miraculous salvations and deliverance in this situation. And God, we do pray for our enemies. We pray for those that are persecuting our own brothers and sisters there and executing them. Lord, may they be saved. God, pour out your spirit, convict them of their wrong, give them dreams. And just like you turn Paul around, God, we pray you turn them around. Father, for the whole Middle East, Lord, we are praying. May the hand of God be there. Lord, may there be increase in the gospel and not a decrease. Lord, may you see the blood that's been shed. May it cry out to heaven. And God, may you answer, answer, Lord God, and bring a harvest of souls. Lord, we're asking you this. Lord, we pray now. God, give us wisdom into what's going on, Lord. we don't have to have all the answers, and Lord, i just I don't believe everything's going to be clear for a while, but Father, we just pray right now, God, Lord, show us how to pray, give us insight how to pray, and help us to be clear-minded, help our government officials god to, to make good decisions and and to be clear-minded, help our our uh, armed services uh, leaders. Make good decisions and think right, God, and be clear minded. God, we pray for all of this now. And Lord, we pray for those that are helping reach out right there in Afghanistan, risking their lives, God. Help them too, we pray. Oh, Lord, we just speak grace, 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 and the power and the li- deliverance of God in this situation, in this hour, in Jesus' name. Amen.